0: I wonder, are you ready this morning when Jesus comes again? Are you ready? If not, friend, it's time for you to get ready. Time for you to get ready. The signs of the times are all pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. So, the title of our message this morning is Get Ready. Get Ready. Jesus is Coming Again. And that'll be our title today. We look into Matthew chapter 16. Read the first few verses of that chapter this morning as we begin. Matthew 16, starting in verse 1. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Let's pray. Father, speak to our hearts this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit as we look into these things and as we think about getting ready for the second coming of Jesus. So, in his name we ask it. Amen. An old farmer and his wife are in bed in the middle of the night and he wakes up and it's dark in the house and he wonders what time it is. And about that time he hears that old grandfather clock down the hallway start to wind up and prepare to start chiming. So he listened intently, waiting for that rich tone of that strike of that clock. And it started, bong, 1 o'clock, bong, two, three, four, on up. And he keeps counting, and he keeps counting. Bong, 10 o'clock, bong, 11 o'clock, 12, 13 o'clock, 14 o'clock. And it frightened him. And he ribbed his wife, and he woke her up, and she said, she rubbed her eyes, and said, honey, what's, what's going on? What time is it? He said, baby, I'm not sure, but it's later than it's ever been. It's later than it's ever been. And that's the way it is about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's later than it's ever been. One of these days, the Lord's going to step out on the clouds and he's going to call his bride to church to meet him in the air. And that includes you and me if we're found in him. That's the way it's going to be at his second coming. But we have a society today that's so far removed from the Word of God that they're not searching for the right things. They're searching for signs where they ought not be searching for signs. They're looking for signs to tell them what to believe and how to believe and when to believe it and when these things will take place. In their minds, they've been lulled into thinking that things are just going to continue the way they did yesterday and today and their senses have been dulled their spiritual senses have been dulled but time and time and time again the word of god tells us to be ready to get ready for the second coming of jesus why do people seek after signs i think there are three reasons that they do some people seek after signs to want to confirm the truth of what god says People actually want to believe. And, you know, in the Old Testament, God gave those signs for people to help aid them in their belief and help to aid them in their faith. He appeared to Moses in the burning bush. He had the plagues visited upon Egypt. He led the children out through the Red Sea on dry ground, led them by pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud in the daytime. Gave them manna to eat and gave them water from the rock to drink. All designed to help them to have stronger faith in Him and to rely on Him more and more. In the New Testament, Jesus was on the scene performing miracle after miracle, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind. All designed to help people to increase their faith and to to develop their faith. In John chapter 2, it mentions about Jesus being at the Passover festival. and says, so many people saw the signs he was performing and they believed in his name. So God did give people signs and he does give people signs to aid them in their belief. Second thing, second reason people look for signs is because they don't believe the signs they've already seen. Those are the people who really don't want to believe. They want to find an excuse not to believe. I think the Pharisees and Sadducees that we looked at in this passage earlier this morning fall into that category. They had seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle, yet they wanted, they demanded another sign. They refused to believe what they had seen and heard already. You know, the problem with living like that, the problem with wanting miracle after miracle, sign after sign, is takes faith out of the equation takes faith out of the equation and God's word says without faith it's impossible to please God. When you wait on that next best thing and that next one and the next one wanting to go from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience and never experiencing the valleys it takes faith out of the equation. You're placing your faith in the miracle instead of the Messiah. You're placing your faith in the supernatural instead of the Savior. These people in Jesus' day had seen him do some miraculous things. They had seen him feed multitudes of people on t- at least two occasions with just two fish and some loaves. Yet they still didn't believe he was a Messiah. And in verse 4 of what we read earlier, Jesus refers to them as a wicked and adulterous generation. There's a third reason people maybe seek signs and wonders they're thrill seekers. They want to be entertained. I think that's the reason we see so many false religions and so many cults these days. People want to have that spiritual high all the time. Go from one sensational moment to another. Those are the people that really don't want to know the true Christ. They want to live on those mountaintops as well. The mountaintops of unbelief. That sensational high. Jesus had people following him, and it's recorded for us in John chapter 6. So, the great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. But they were following him, and they were doing that because they wanted to see him do those signs. King Herod was that way. It talks about him in Luke chapter 23. It says he was greatly pleased for a long time, he'd been wanting to see Jesus. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. That's from Luke chapter 23 and verse 8. I know without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is coming again. And you know why? Because he said so. He said so. The Word of God says it's impossible for God to lie. He says he's not a man that he should lie. So we know he's coming again. And you say, well, when is he coming again? Well, I don't know. I'm like that old farmer who heard that grandfather clock Ringing in the hallway. I don't know what our heavenly father's clock reads. But I know it's later than it's ever been. And we need to get ready. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Talks about the day. Coming day of the Lord. It says. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. In Mark chapter 13 the Bible says this about the coming day of the Lord. It says at that time people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds. From the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And it goes on to say, but about that day or hour no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son. But only the Father. And he says, be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Over and over and over again, the Word of God tells us to be watching, to be on guard, to get ready. And that's the title of our message this morning, is to get ready. So we're going to look into three types of signs that are found in the Bible. Three types of signs that should encourage us to get ready for that second coming of Jesus Christ. We need to be informed about the signs of the times. We need to be listening for that trumpet call of God. I think the first type of sign that the Bible mentions and talks about, prophesies, are those signs found in nature. Natural signs. In our passage there from Matthew 16, Jesus scolded the Pharisees and Sadducees about wanting a sign. He says, you can discern the weather, but you don't know what spiritual time it is. He scolded them for it. Everybody wants to know the weather. We all want to know the weather. I read a story about a remote Indian tribe out west, and this was back in the 60s. And they had a new young chief who was the leader of this tribe. And his tribe came to him as, as winter was approaching and it was beginning to turn fall, and they said, Chief, we want to know are we going to have a cold winter? he was of the new generation. He didn't know the old secrets that the old chief knew about looking to the skies to determine the weather. He had a 50-50 shot. He thought, I'm going to err on the side of caution. Yeah, the winter's going to be cold. But being a younger generation, he thought, I'm going to do some, do some checking. So he hitched a ride to town and went to the phone booth and he called the National Weather Service. And the man on the other end of the line answered and he said, Sir, I need to know, is it going to be a cold winter winter? The guy on the other end of the line said, yes, it's going to be a cold winter. So he went back and told his tribe, I've got this sign. I know it's going to be a cold winter. Start gathering more wood. He went back the next week and he made that same phone call. Is it going to be a cold winter, he asked. Yes, it's going to be very cold. So he went back to his tribe. He says, I know it's going to be a very cold winter. Gather as much wood as you can. Pick up every scrap of wood you can find the third time he went back to the phone booth that next week. Sir, I'm just checking, Is anything changed? Is it going to be a cold winter? And the guy said, it's going to be the coldest winter we've ever seen. He said, well, sir, how do you know that? He said, because the Indians on the reservation are picking up more wood than they've ever picked up in their life. <laughs> so many people are looking for signs to tell them what to do, but they're looking in the wrong places and they're looking to the wrong people. What they need to be doing is looking into the Word of God and see what Jesus said would happen. Because His Word is the truth. For many of us, we get up in the morning and we look for what the weather's going to do. What are those clouds going to bring today? We wonder. What we need to be thinking about is are those clouds going to bring the Lord Jesus today? That's what we need to be focused on. The disciples asked Jesus for some signs in Luke chapter 21, and He gave them. Some natural signs, some things in nature. Luke 21, they said, when will these things take place? And listen to the natural signs that Jesus listed in this passage in Luke 21. He said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Jesus mentioned there'd be famine. There's always been famine in the world. We live in a country of plenty. Most of us have never been really truly hungry. But did you know, even though we have plenty in this country, there are still people in this country that go to bed hungry every day. Worldwide, any given moment, there's 9% of the worldwide population living in famine. It's over 700 million people going to bed hungry. That's something that Jesus said would take place one of those natural signs. He also mentioned earthquakes as a natural sign of his coming. The U.S. Geological Survey in the year 1900 to 1918 measured how many major earthquakes happened in that 18 year span at the beginning of the 20th century. 147 is what they measured, major earthquakes. Fast forward 100 years, they looked at the first 18 years of the 21st century from 2000 to 2018. Over 2,900 major earthquakes. A 2,000% increase. Now, I know just as well as you that some of that is due to increased technology, better monitoring, more people spread out in more places. But a 2,000% increase can't be explained by just those things. I think our earth is shuddering because Mother Nature knows that the Lord is getting close to coming back. And so the earth is shaking and quaking. Jesus said there'd be famine. He said there'd be earthquakes. And then the third thing he mentioned was pestilence. Pestilence is just disease. The definition of pestilence mentioned in the dictionary says fatal epidemic disease. And we've seen just in the last 30 or 40 years, what have we seen? The rise of HIV and AIDS. Diseases that can't be cured. Or that are hard to cure. We have HIV AIDS. We've seen the original SARS virus back in the early 2000s. Swine flu, bird flu, COVID-19, and now monkeypox. It seems like they're coming at us quicker and quicker. We hardly get through with one before another one comes up. Things that we never saw before. There's pestilence all around. Not only does the Bible speak about those natural signs. Indicating that the Lord's second coming is getting near. But the second type of sign it speaks of are the scientific signs. Scientific signs. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. Listen to what Daniel wrote in his prophecy. Angel was speaking to Daniel and he says, But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. And then listen to what it says. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. King James reads this way. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. The Bible says two of the signs of the times, the end times, people are running around to and fro and knowledge, the explosion of knowledge will happen. And people do zip around nowadays. We have people that get on an airplane in the morning and fly out west to a meeting and then they're sleeping in their own bed at night because they get on that same plane flying right back home. Since Biden fell off his bicycle the other week, my Facebook feed is filled with ads for electronic bicycles. Electronic bikes. I don't know why that's showing up in my news feed. I'm not interested in the regular bicycle, much less electronic one. But the technology has increased such that transportation and people moving to and fro and running to and fro, we're now seeing that as a reality. There's an explosion of knowledge. Knowledge is, in, is increasing at an increasing rate. There was an inventor and futurist named Richard Fuller. He did some investigating and calculating about the rate that knowledge was increasing. And he issued a study back in 1982. He said up until about 1900, the rate of the doubling of information, the doubling of knowledge happened about once every 100 years. And after World War II, about once every 25 years that information and knowledge would double. In 1982, when he did this study, the doubling of knowledge happened about every 12 or 13 months. And in a more recent study that UC Berkeley uh, published said that online information is doubling every six months now. There's an explosion of knowledge just as it says there in Daniel indicating that this may be one of the signs that the Lord is coming back soon. Soon and very soon. That same study from UC Berkeley says there each year about a million new book titles printed. New book titles. New books. Never before seen. Are being printed every day. Every year. 25,000 newspapers every year are in print. 40,000 new medical journals. Scholarly journals being published. Knowledge is increasing, just as the Bible says it's going to do. 80 years ago, 90 years ago, nobody would have ever thought that the elements of the earth would burn and melt, like it talks about in 2 Peter chapter 3. But in the 40s, they developed the nuclear weapons. And now we can see very clearly that some of the weapons that we've got could melt the elements of the earth, blink one eye. It's a reality now. When John wrote the book of Revelation down, at that time, buying and selling was done by coin and by bartering and trading. No one would have ever ever thought that we would get to a point where you had to have a chip in your arm or your forehead to buy or sell. But in our country and some other countries around the world, they're doing trials now with those biochips implanted under the skin. It's here. It's here. Things are lining up the way the Bible says they're going to do. There's, there's scientific signs out there. There's those natural signs out there. And then the third sign that the Bible speaks of. Spiritual signs. Spiritual signs. Matthew chapter 24. The disciples were asking Jesus for this. Give us some signs of when these things would take place. In Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 4. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And we've seen over the years people claiming to be Jesus, claiming to be the Messiah. Ever since the first century that's been going on. But we just have some of these more recent names that maybe are familiar to most of us. Charles Manson in the 60s claimed to be a Messiah. Jim Jones in the 70s. David Koresh in the late 80s and early 90s, Marshall Applewhite in the late 90s, and there have been others. The Apostle Paul talked about that to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. He says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received or a different gospel from the one you accepted. You put up with it easily enough. And that's still happening today. There have been many who have come. And claim to be Messiah. There are going to be many more. And many people will be led astray. The Bible talks about that as a religious sign of Jesus' coming. He also goes on the other religious signs that. Tell us that the end is near. Jesus went on in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 9. He says to them, You'll be handed over and persecuted and put to death and hated by all nations because of me. And that's been happening since the beginning of time as well. But we don't think about it much in this country. Did you know there are 12 people on average every day who are killed because they're Christians worldwide? Another 12 on average are arrested or imprisoned wrongfully. An average of 12 churches or religious buildings are vandalized or destroyed every day worldwide because of Jesus, because of Him. People are being persecuted and hated and opposed in every nation on the globe because of Jesus. And that's a spiritual sign of the end. Another religious sign that Jesus gives as He continued on in Matthew 24, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And we live in a world today where wickedness is rampant. And the love of many is growing cold. Robert Frost wrote a poem. said, fire and ice. Some say the world will end in fire, some with ice. And I wonder, is the ice he's talking about the love of many growing cold? Is that the beginning of the end? I believe it is. Paul wrote to Timothy and warned him in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He wrote these words. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, Not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And Pay special attention to this last verse. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Now I've read that verse in my life probably hundreds of times. And I never thought about it this way. Kind of just glossed over that last part. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. He's talking about people in the church. Those that are outside the church don't claim to have any godliness. Those that don't claim Christianity, but those that claim to be Christians claim to have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. And they, there are so many people nowadays in churches that exhibit these characteristics, these spiritual signs. The end is near. I wonder, are you ready this morning when Jesus comes again? Are you ready? If not, friend, it's time for you to get ready. Time for you to get ready. The signs of the times are all pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming again, as we sang right before the message. Maybe morning, maybe noon. Maybe evening. Maybe soon. Jesus said... I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, he said. I will come again. So we know he's coming again because he said so. The signs are all there. Just like that farmer that woke up in the middle of the night with that grandfather clock. We need to be aware that our heavenly father's clock is ticking. And it's getting closer to chiming. It's getting closer to tolling. How do you know you're ready? You come to Jesus by faith. Then you know you're ready. That's how you get ready for His second coming. You come to Him. And then you can sing our closing hymn that we're going to sing in a minute. And sing it and know that those words are true for you. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Can you say, sing that with conviction in your heart this morning and know that it's the truth for you? If not, you need to get ready. Because Jesus is coming again. Make that decision today. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful that you do keep your word, and we know that your word says that you're coming again. Help us to get ready if we're not already. Help us to be ready. Help us to Share with others so that they might get ready. Lord, forgive us where we failed to do a good job of that in the past. Help us to do better in the future. Cleanse our hearts, O God. Make us be like you. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.